You're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. My name's Christian Colley, and with me this week is Gavin Phillips. How are you, Gavin? I'm doing very well, Christian. Uh, I must say I'm feeling a little bit tired because I stayed up and attempted to watch all of the Super Bowl last night, which... I do try and do every year. I don't follow American football that closely, but you've got to watch the Super Bowl because it's a massive thing. But as you all know, it doesn't finish until about three o'clock in the morning in the UK. So I fell asleep before the end. Uh, And I won't say what happened in case any of our listeners are yet to hear the result, even by the time the the podcast goes out. But uh, I was uh, somewhat gutted upon when I woke up. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, I have zero interest in American football. And I've never even watched a game of American football. I've, I've been in a room when it's been on, and I've flicked through channels and seen it, and uh, stared at it in with complete incomprehension, and just carried on flicking or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it just didn't jive with me at all. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, um, uh, my son and I watched No Time to Die last night. We actually split it over two nights. So obviously, it's quite a long film. When we went to see Infinity War at the cinema, my son was my son, who's a huge Spider-Man fan, was absolutely distraught at the end. That, that's not spoiler now, is it? It was 2017. Anyway, um, a similar thing happened at the end of No Time to Die. And uh, again, absolutely distraught. But f- fortunately, he's got over it now. In 2017, it went on for about... Uh, it basically went on until the next movie, until Endgame. Oh, no. You don't want that to happen with Bond as well, because that could be, you know, six years or so of, uh, of upsetness. Oh, oh God, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, so we, we are here to bring you the latest in tech news that affects you. We've got tips and tricks that will help you. And we've got our own recommendations of things you might uh, feel like checking out or trying yourself. Uh, we will kick this off with news that Microsoft has improved Microsoft Teams. So any of you who use Microsoft Teams for uh, video conferencing in a work capacity or even for, for home use or if you're self-employed or freelancing or working from home in some other capacity, Uh, They've issued a computer-saving update for Microsoft Teams. Um, You probably know, if you use Microsoft Teams, that that isn't the only option for that type of activity for video conferencing. So there's obviously there's a competition from the very popular Zoom. Uh, Microsoft Teams seems to be doing all well. There's also the Google option as well. Uh, But Microsoft is really pushing Teams, isn't it, Gavin? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. So uh, those of you uh, listeners who who have upgraded to Windows 11 will probably have noticed that Microsoft Teams is now integrated into your uh, taskbar. As soon as you load up the operating system, it's it's there. It's very present. It's even got a fancy new widget on the on the taskbar that you can type and respond to messages from. So that's part of Microsoft's ongoing push to bring Microsoft Teams to everyone. Uh, As you said, Christian, there are a lot of really good alternatives, but making Microsoft Teams 50% more efficient can only be a good thing because it's got a lot of users. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, can't argue with that. Uh, So uh, Microsoft's Robert Aikner of uh, Microsoft Research wants to get Teams as lightweight as possible and states, we're committed to ensuring great calling and meeting experiences for users on low-end hardware, as well as those on high-end workstations and high-resolution monitors. One of the factors we've addressed is the difference in power requirements for different customer profiles by ensuring Teams meetings are as energy-efficient as possible, regardless of setup. So that's good. 
Yeah, and it makes sense as well. Um, when you think about how something like Zoom is, it really is lightweight in comparison to Teams. With Zoom, you, you download a small installation file, you, you install it and you're up and running and chatting to someone in video within a few minutes. Uh, Microsoft Teams can feel a bit more clunky. There's definitely a lot more going on within the um, the program itself, and it has a lot more integrated features than Zoom. So in that, you're probably looking at maybe different use cases. Mm. But with how many people are still, you know, work from home or doing like hybrid work from home, office place, um, um, crossovers, making it easier for people to use what's become, you know, vital software is important. Absolutely. We'll move on to news about Android 12. Dynamic themes are heading to a wide range of Android 12 smartphones of different brands, not just Galaxy and Pixel handsets. This is the material youth type of theme design. I am so far behind with my uh, my Android versions that this doesn't really affect me at the moment. It's, it's, it's a design language, isn't it? Yeah, so it's the sort of top down designed language that Google specifies should be used throughout uh, not just Android, but all of its um, apps that it oversees, you know, from alphabets downwards yeah. that covers absolutely everything. Yeah. And uh, Android, uh, well, Android will be receiving an update with Material U, which will allow greater personalization and more dynamic colors, schemes uh, and so on. I'm in the market for a new phone at the moment, and I went, I took a look at a few uh, used devices in a local branch of CEX, which um, I was amazed at how tall the Samsungs are. They're like little skyscrapers in your pocket. I can't carry one of those around. <laughs> They're like the 6.5 or like 6.7 inches high smartphones. I think. Yeah, that's pushing the bounds of acceptability, really, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah. We, I mean, you're, we called them phablets a few years ago, didn't we? That's it, yeah. They were called, they were called phablets, and they were bridging the, the gap. And then when they sort of went more mainstream, they realised calling them phablets was, I mean, A, was a ridiculous word, <laughs> and B, sort of was a bit of a turn-off for consumers. Who wants to, oh, I'll just go and pick up my phablet. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we could have called them fabs that might work work for the beatles yeah. work for the beatles um, it is and the the ice lollies are fairly delicious as well if you've ever had one of those i'm not sure if they're internationally known but you're absolutely right they are <laughs> um, apologies to the listeners <laughs> uh google says we're excited to announce that material you specifically dynamic color will soon be available on more android 12 phones globally including devices by Samsung, OnePlus, Oppo, Vivo, Realme, Xiaomi, Techno, and more. Pretty good lineup. Yeah, it's a good lineup, yeah. We've looked into it a bit further, and there's mention of the OnePlus 9 Pro, Oppo Find X3 Pro, the Vivo IQ007 Legend, nice naming there, and the Xiaomi Mi 11. It's enough, isn't it, to get started with? Yeah, it is, you're right, and it's going to... I mean, it eventually will filter down, but it just depends whether your phone is going to run Android 12 to begin with. I mean, it all comes down to which brand you go with, doesn't it? So Samsung have been fairly notorious for 
not updating their yeah. smartphones to the latest version and tablets and samsung and tablets yeah exactly so they they have a pretty poor reputation in fairness they make great devices there's no doubt about that but after about one or two generations you will stop receiving updates that's and it's even on flagship devices i have a samsung tab s7 and it's an absolutely beautiful piece of kit but i've had it for this is in, it's into its third year now i think and it hasn't had an update since last summer yeah so that's it. it's hit it's, it's end of life update yeah. thing i've got a, a samsung s8 which is sort of half broken but same as same as your device it hadn't received an update in in a long time before it finally sort of decided to die on me um digressing from uh the 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 material design it does sort of make you think about the security implications of it as well doesn't it not receiving regular security updates yeah. on a device you use all the time yes it is unfortunate and also with you know with some devices they can be unlocked and a new version of the operating system installed unofficially you can't do that with samsung's because they're locked and you can't unlock them there's no unlockable bootloader no, so that's been an issue for a long time as well. And people, well, find out the hard way, oh gosh, try and use a bootloader or something for another device and end up bricking their device, you know, which bricking means, you know, you can't use it from that moment on. So, yeah, it's not ideal. Obviously, it's, it's intended to force you to upgrade. That much is obvious. Um, if you have a phone that is capable of receiving the material you themes um look out for those coming along in future we're going to move on now to microsoft they have confirmed that call of duty will remain available on playstation i mean it's microsoft so we can probably assume that it is as far it, it will happen for as long as microsoft wants it to happen yeah i would think that this will just continue to be the case with uh call of duty the top selling PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 game last Christmas, December 2021, was Call of Duty Vanguard. It was a similar situation uh, the December before. And uh, if you take sort of a small glance at some of the other stats I've pulled up on my page, uh, unit sales of Call of Duty World War II on the PlayStation 4 throughout 2020 uh, topped like 12 million sales worldwide that is a very good game though it's a very good game but i mean if you look at the sheer numbers yeah. of it microsoft have just spent or are about to spend you know north of what was it 50 60 billion dollars on on activision blizzard so they're not gonna cut off such a massive revenue stream straight at least not straight away i mean i i personally doubt they would do it at all it just doesn't make sense no, it doesn't make sense at all. But then again, uh, anyone who had a uh, Zune MP3 player will know all about Microsoft not making sense. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Hopefully, they're more uh, more sensible these days. I think they have. They're more sensible than than previous Microsoft. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, Microsoft say first. Some commentators have asked whether we will continue to make popular content like Activision's Call of Duty available on competing platforms like Sony's PlayStation. The obvious concern is that Microsoft could make this title available exclusively on the Xbox console 
undermining opportunities for Sony PlayStation users. But uh, yeah, they're uh, alleviating concerns. There is nothing to worry about there. Um, on the on the topic of games, and uh, I haven't told, I haven't forewarned Gavin about this. We have a kind of a running order for each show, and I haven't forewarned Gavin about this. But I've just completely remembered the Nintendo Direct event happened last week, didn't it? It did happen last week. I didn't follow it too closely, I must admit, because I don't have uh, a Switch. I have a very old Nintendo Wii, which the kids... Um, it's not going to be a new with. one, is it? Well, that's true. <laughs> that's very true, yes. But the kids play with that downstairs. But no, we don't have a Switch. I don't have um, any Nintendo consoles, really. Was there anything that caught your eye? Loads of things caught my eye. There's a lot of re new retro stuff uh, being added to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, there is a remake of Front Mission first. Uh, they're moving a version of Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Uh, the Assassin's Creed Ezio Collection. Uh, there's Kingdom Hearts Integrum Masterpiece Collection. There's Portal Companion Collection. Nintendo Switch Sports, which is the new version of Wii Sports. So now you're compelled, aren't you? Um, yeah, yeah. And there's also DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Although I don't know whether they've patched that annoying thing in Mario Kart where you get to the end of a race, uh, a Grand Prix, and then it decides to run the credits and prevent you from playing another game unless you close it and then restart it. There is a massive collection of new titles coming out. Um, they've announced 30, basically, in the presentation of games that are coming out in 2022 and a couple beyond that. Uh, there's No Man's Sky coming out on the Switch this summer. There's Mario Strikers Battle Lead. There's Splatoon 3. Oh my god, it's a great collection of titles that cover everything from the latest to retro stuff. There's also Lego Brawls, which looks really stupidly cool. Like a sort uh -huh. of Lego version of um, Super Smash Brothers. That does sound cool. That, no, I would like to play something like that, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's coming along. Um, I'll give you a link to that. And everything else we've discussed in this week's really useful podcast in our show notes. We're going to move on now to some tips and tricks. Google, we were talking about Microsoft earlier, um, ditching things, weren't we, like Zune, and how they probably won't ditch Call of Duty for PlayStation. A company, another company that is famous for killing projects is Google. And not only are they famous for killing projects, they just do it repeatedly. And we've got a list of them, a whole list of things that Google is putting an end to in 2022. Before I go into this, Gavin, do you recall ever being uh, impacted in any drastic sort of way by Google killing anything? Um, I think when they killed, oh, I can't remember what it was called. The Google alerts they killed recently, didn't they? You know, Google's public alerts. What's that? Which one's that? That was like a safety alert thing that you could get them to send a security notification for you. Um, when they killed all the Android apps as well, you know, they had the individual apps on Android for things like play music and stuff like that. Right. I had amassed an amount of music on there through various free streams and free uh -huh. coupons and using the, um, you know, you do the Google surveys and it pays you a yes. small amount of money each time. So I used to buy music on there a way to use it and then they killed the app oh. 
But um, there's a great website. I don't know if you've ever been on this website, Christian. It's called Killed by Google. (laughs) And it's a list of all 264 projects that Google has killed in its lifetime, going all the way back to 2003, starting with things like things that some of our listeners will probably remember, things like Google Answers, uh, Google Browser Sync. Wow. Um, the toolbar for Firefox. Anyway, it's a massive, massive long list. And some of these things have been replaced with more useful things. But by and large, Google says they don't want to do it anymore. It's like, bop, it's gone. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. There's a, I'm looking at killedbygoogle.com now. That is one busy graveyard. It's, it's, it's impressive in its destructiveness <laughs> it is isn't it? it wow i mean half of these things i've never even heard of but i'm amazed that something like where is it gone oh is it it's like the page has reorganized itself i saw something related to oh there you go fitbit coach that doesn't make any sense to kill that's just it's 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 horrific anyway so a further six projects are joining that list i think some of them have probably been added already um in 2022 um just to go back to the question i asked uh, gavin the thing that affected me the most was the news thing that used to be really really good and then they changed it and now it's terrible it's almost like a completely different app in fact uh was that google now yes the... google now yes yeah, I used to. Yeah, it's nowhere near as good anymore. No, it's terrible. No? But no, I do agree with you. I used to use that all the time, but no, it's not nowhere near as good now. No. So in 2022, Google is killing Android Things. This is a operating system that is designed for Internet of Things devices. Uh, it, it will run on various different types of hardware, and it's it's that it's been around since 2019, and they're deciding to get rid of it now. Seems. A little bit bonkers. We have a tutorial on make use of about using Android things on the Raspberry Pi. So I'm going to have to uh, look into whether or not we, that can be updated or whether it needs to be retired in some way. Bit disappointing. Uh, Google Cameos or Cameos on Google is a video based Q&A answering app. Anyone? <laughs> this is like I've never even heard of this. <laughs> I, I mean, when I, as soon as I saw, saw a Cameo on Google, I thought it might be some sort of hip hop thing. But no, it's uh, one for the older listeners there. Uh, it's um, Q&A answering app, which launched in August 2018 on Apple App Store first and then on Google Play Store in October 2019. It's invite only, which is why no one's heard of it. G Suite Legacy Free Edition. Now, this is a problem. This can be a problem for a lot of people. If you created a Google account many years ago, uh, say pre-2012, and you used your own domain name and associated with it and did all the things in the background that's involved with that, then you're going to be um, a little bit um, perturbed and find yourself with a lot of work to do. You have discount options for 12 months after July the 1st, but it is until May 2022. You need to uh, basically, and I need to do this, is uh, act quickly to remove the those um, emails from the G Suite Legacy Free Edition because uh, they're not going to be accessible uh, at some point in 2022. Google Chrome Apps, they're getting rid of. Google on, what's Google on Hub? It's a mobile app-generated wireless router. Hang on. No, it's not. I'll rephrase that. I'll reread that. Google on Hub is a mobile app-enabled wireless router introduced in 2016, one of the few 
routers at the time that could automatically update itself and get security upgrades. Uh, but since then, they've moved away from it towards Google Wi-Fi, which is why they've killed OnHub. In fairness, OnHub is a really stupid name. Yeah, it's not great. I remember when it launched, though, there was there was a proper um, proper bit of buzz around OnHub launching because it was yeah it came with an app which you know even though 2016 wasn't that long ago a, a router with an app was like whoa this is this is mind-blowing yeah yeah that, that, <laughs> yeah i don't remember it coming out at all this is first i've heard of on i think um I, what i'm going to preface that with is that my wife was pregnant during 2016 and a lot of stuff just passed me by <laughs> and finally youtube yeah. originals which again started in 2016 to produce and stream original series they're also killing that so that's a shame yeah. but uh yeah that's the end of that more projects I'm joining the google cemetery yeah I was gonna say, i'm sure some people will, will be sad about youtube originals that's probably the only one on the list that most people will have yeah. used and been fully aware of yeah um as it says in the thing, it has made a few reasonable programs. There's just so, there's so many great streaming platforms out there. Competing with them, you have to be very serious about it. Like if you want to step up and compete with Netflix, who you know will produce more than a film every single week throughout 2022, you know that's a serious, serious investment. And as big as Google and you know parent company Alphabet is they often start projects like this and realize the what they actually need to put into it to compete with whoever they're trying to you know compete with and then go oh gosh that's more effort than i think we want to put into something yeah. so <laughs> yeah i would agree with that also i think if you're a platform known for a specific thing people are either not going to be aware or not care or they're just not going to naturally associate you with another thing no matter how many times you try and push it so you know everyone knows that google is a hugely uh popular web online destination people have google um, have youtube apps on their phones on the tablets on the on the tvs on the game consoles and you know it a couple of clicks you could be watching ninja kids or uh any of those um top 10 google video casters for, to use an old term, uh, that we featured on the show a few weeks ago. And, you know, none of those are professionally produced in the way that something like Cobra Kai or anything that appears on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I would suggest that maybe a lot of people just aren't interested in quality programming. Well, quality is not the right word, though, is it? Um, professionally produced programming on YouTube because that's not, what they expect from youtube they expect a kind of i don't know modern day wayne's world sort of programming don't they that's i mean that's basically it it's supposed to be homemade yeah i think you're right even as production levels for so much of the stuff you you go back to youtube for everybody's got their favorite creators don't they and you go back because the content is good yeah but you're not actually necessarily going there to follow 
a specific storyline of something. So exactly. I like watching cooking shows on on YouTube. That's that's one of my favourite things. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not like I have to go and I'll miss an episode. That's a problem. And it's yeah. not like I have to hang on every single thing or check back for frequent updates and all this sort of stuff because it's always going to be there. It's not the same as, like we said, like Cobra Kai where you need to be immersed in it all the time for it to make sense and all that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, it, it's a different market, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the thing is, different market, but the same people, but a different market, which is kind of interesting in a way. It's like different... I'm not sure what it, what it could be compared with. Maybe someone... Oh, okay, I've got an idea. It's not really contemporary, I suppose, but someone who might be a Lego fan and buy a Lego magazine, but also be a computer fan and buy a... Uh, or a games console, a gaming fan, and buy a very thick, glossy gaming magazine... You've got two completely different types of delivering interesting, exciting, engaging content. I said content, really sorry. Uh, material. But, and they're aimed at the same person, but the person has different expectations from each one. And if the Lego magazine started going all glossy gaming, they'd be like, whoa, what are you doing here? If the glossy gaming magazine started going all Lego, they'd be, again, that's not what I want this want from this. And I think that's what, I think because YouTube's been around since the mid-2000s, people have a very ingrained expectations from YouTube. I think that's what's happened here. Yeah, I would agree. Especially, um, I would say, o- older listeners that have been using YouTube, like you said, since, you know, like the mid-2000s, uh, it's sort of, very much like this is what youtube is for and you go to netflix to watch a film yeah. or you go to prime video to watch a show or whatever or you you go back to terrestrial tv or satellite tv or whatever um and you go to youtube to find clips and things like that yep i'd agree with that as well which brings us nicely i don't know why i said that because it's got nothing to do with it at all <laughs> It's time to look at our recommendations for this week. This is the part of the show in which myself and whoever's joining me on the show this week uh, share with you a recommendation, um, something that we've enjoyed in the past week with a uh, slightly electrical uh, kind of aspect to it, data, digital. You know, it could be a TV show, it could be a movie, it could be a uh, a game, it could be a website we've discovered or a YouTube channel or a uh, anything, really, anything. Uh, in time on the tradition, I'm going to attempt to get Gavin to go first and then end up going first myself. Gavin, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Whoa! <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, go on then. What's your recommendation? Okay, this week um, I would just like to bring to the listeners' attention uh, custom PC mag which I'm sure you are probably aware of, Christian. Yep. Custom PC Mag run by raspberrypi.com. I didn't realise until recently that you can download a free copy of Custom PC Mag online. So I go to the shop, pick up my copy of Custom PC Mag once a month, and I read it from cover to cover. Now I know that it's available for free online. I'm still going to go out and buy it <laughs> <laughs> because you should support yeah. magazines and print media where you can. And if and if you can, not everybody can, you know, but if you can, you should because uh, it's still a wonderful magazine. And it's a great read as well from cover to cover. 
they will tell you all sorts of things about how to customize your PC. Um, if you want to know more about why RAM is useful, if you need a better solid state drive, you know, why you should upgrade your mother, but all, all of this sort of stuff that I think ties into what the really useful podcast is about because it goes from beginner stuff all the way up to more hardcore stuff. But once you start reading the mag, you might think, that sounds quite interesting, actually. Maybe I will give that a go and, and branch out into some some more areas of, of, of custom PC building, tweaking and, and, and modifications. So that's my suggestion this week. Excellent. That's a really good recommendation. This is mine, and it's a bit of a weird one for me because I wouldn't normally endorse anything like this. Basically, my wife uh, acquired a new iPad a few days ago. So I was tasked with the job of getting a data from her old iPad or from her iCloud onto the new iPad. And what I didn't know, and this was really, really good, and I kind of I'm I guess I'm recommending how good it how easy it is to copy a profile from one iOS device to another. Basically you put the because she has an iPhone as well, you place the iPhone next to the tablet and then do a little bit of passwordy stuff and then it just does it itself. I didn't even need to input the Wi-Fi details. It copied them from the phone as well, which was, it was so simple. It was, you know, it probably required about 10 taps in the entire process. And one of those is pressing retry because it failed after the first 30 seconds. But then after retrying, it continued through and did it perfectly. I was seriously impressed by how uh, streamlined and easy it was. Oh, that's really good. Why can't everything be that easy? I have no idea. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Apple. Their devices are ridiculously expensive. They have a very closed app store, and it's and uh, did I mention it's expensive? But um, <laughs> I've never had a problem with the operating system in terms of macOS. I'm not that handy with iOS. I've always enjoyed macOS. I used to have a Mac for a time uh, many years ago, but this was just such an easy experience. I'm, I, I. I mean, I sat there filming it, expecting something to go wrong and thinking maybe it could prove useful. And I was almost filming perfection in terms, in, in this regard. It was just so easy and slick and effortless. Really, really very good. Well done, Apple. Nice. You do like to hear that. I mean, that's definitely one of the things that attracts uh, lots of people to Apple and uh, Mac products, isn't it? There is definitely a synergy between all Apple products that Apple works very hard to maintain yeah. to make sure... When they're near each other, they talk to each other and everything works as seamlessly as possible. Uh, and as you said, I mean, that that's definitely something that mo most people would prefer over quite a lot of other stuff. But the option to customize your PC uh, and do what you want to it is brilliant for a lot of people. But you have to be within that mindset, I say, to, to want to do that the ease of something transferring your data and just doing it <laughs> even for someone that wants to customize their pc is like yes please we'll mm. have that thank you yes i agree which brings us handily to the end of this week's really useful podcast from makeusof.com as mentioned everything we've discussed this time can be discovered in the show notes we'll be back next week for another really useful podcast until then it's goodbye from us <laughs>